Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Sit down, John. Sit down, John. For God's sake, John, sit down. Not so fast, John. I said that last night. Oh, my God. No, John needs to show us how much he loves our podcast by heading over to Patreon.com to become one of our sponsors. How does one do that? Well, revolutionaries, head on over to Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search for Behind the Curtain Broadway's Living Legends. Set up a monthly donation. Even a dollar a month helps us. Your contributions help us continue doing what we are doing and bringing these legends and stories to your ears. Okay, after I do that. Can I shoot some fireworks into the night sky? It's daytime, Rob. Go back to your throne, King George. Oh my god. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this is Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Broadway Curtain, and make sure to join our Facebook page at Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. And follow us on Instagram at Broadway Curtain Podcast. Plus, you can always listen to our podcasts on Broadway World and Stitcher. He is one of New York's most desired leading men. He has made audiences swoon in such shows as Sideshow, and he's also made us clutch our sides from hysterical fits of laughter in such shows as Urinetown. Salt four times. And those are only two. Two of our guests' accomplishments need be mentioned. The Pirate's Penzance, Smile. Uh, the Pirate Queen, Kunstler. Beauty and the Beast, Chicago. A Little Night Music, Follies, Zorba, and so many more. To tell us what it was like to work with such legends as Anthony Quinn, Marvin Hamlish, Howard Ashman, Joe Papp, John Cullum, Stephen Sondheim, Debbie Gravett, Harriet Harris, Donna McKechnie, and so many more. Here is one of Broadway's <laughs> most popular leading men, the one and only Jeff McCarthy. <laughs> Where to begin? Right? That tell us, I know. Oh, it's yes, amazing. Yes, yeah. I am so happy you're here today. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, and they're doing construction on our studio, so every once in a while you might hear a little banging in the background. Clang, clang. It it's just... Jeff's fans just trying to get in. Together, so. <laughs> banging on some garbage lids right. or something. So we're going to start at the beginning. Where'd you grow up? Santa Maria, California. Central California. Yeah. That's in Oaks, California. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, I was there a lot. No, it's it's just north of Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, below San Luis Obispo. And there's a big theater there called PCPA. Yes. Pacific Conservatory. I, of the Performing Arts. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky to grow up three blocks away from the theater. And, I mean, really lucky because I met all sorts of... We did The Music Man with Robin Williams. What? What? I have never... I What? Robin Williams playing Marcellus. What? Got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he got cast, that was his best role that summer, and then he was cast in Caucasian Chalk Circle and was one of the dead bodies in Arsenic and Old Lake. Came out, and you know, they bring them all out at the end, uh, traditionally, they do that with that show. 
that was all you watched. It wasn't a great production, but the curtain called. You watched this one guy, and it was Robin Williams. What the? Being dead. Oh, that's again. hysterical. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Robin Williams is Marcellus. But he was sort of unmemorable as Marcellus. Yes. In retrospect. Oh, right. <laughs> but he came around. I was doing Beach Blanket Babylon. Do you know the show in San Francisco? Yeah, Wait, we, you did? I didn't know you did that. I did, yeah. And he would come around, and I would sneak him in and whatnot. Somebody said he got a... Uh, a TV series, Mark and Mindy. Uh-huh. And I didn't know he was a stand-up comedian, so I went to see him one night in San Francisco when he was the main act mm-hmm. about five comedians and just, I thought, holy shit. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. I went back to the kitchen. I said, so I hear you're going to be famous. And he said, well, we'll see. That was the last time I talked to him. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Wait, so growing up and going to the you know PCPA uh, all the time, it, it, did you at what point did you know you had this bug for the theater? I mean, was it early on? Was it seeing well, one Bye Bye Birdie at the, you know? I, no, well, yeah, Bye Bye Birdie was actually one of them. I PCPA, feel like that's the gateway. <laughs> when I was in about yeah, fifth grade, we would yeah. go see the shows at PCPA, uh-huh. and that lit the that flame. Did. You know, wow. definitely. Okay. But, uh, I mean, that, that theater, all sorts of amazing people come through there. Yeah. Boyd Gaines, that's his hometown oh, also. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, Harry Groner was there. Yeah. I mean, a million people. Kathy Bates was there. It was <laughs> yeah. an amazing it's a, it's And it's still an operation. It is. is. Yeah. And, and they're not a touring house. They do their own productions, right. or they are, okay. They their, do own their own productions. productions. Yeah. And oh, they wow. Go, they, there's a theater in Santa Maria, and, and Solvang. there's one in Solvang. Yeah. Wow. Have you ever, if you've never been to Solvang, it's yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's very it's the fun. the Danish capital of the free world. <laughs> yes. They've converted the whole town to look like a little Danish village. Really? Yes. Right. Windmills and everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, the theater's there. It's epic. It's interesting. Yeah. All right. Kind of my kind of place to be. Were your parents supportive of you going into this? Um, yes. I mean, my father My father saw the first act of, the, the first play I ever did was The Music Man in high school. Okay. He saw the first act, and he was sick, and he went home. And oh. that was all he ever saw of me in the oh. theater. He died a few years later. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, let's, let's get dark and yeah. serious right from, No, this is good, right from the no, beginning. No, this is a long time ago, so yeah. all's well. Sure, but my mother, yeah, she was very supportive. She would I would do plays in the garage, and I loved... My grandmother took me to see Truth and Consequences, so I became obsessed with Bob Barker when I was about eight years old. Did you see the game show? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So I would do Truth and Consequences in the garage, and I'd comb my hair like Bob Barker and cry when I couldn't get it right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's how Very I'm serious, talking. though. Very serious. Yeah, very method. Yeah. Very method. I was like, <laughs> on all of this. You took I, it, I like it. You took it very seriously. Um, <laughs> when you were done with PCPA, did you go down to Los Angeles to pursue film and television, or did you go right to New York to start? I went to ACT. Yeah. In the training program, yeah. and then I was in the company, and then I came to New York. So you got your master's from ACT, yes, and then you became part of their company. And I assume that's when you did the beach bat blanket. It was in the summer between right. the years. Yeah, nice. was, was ACT William Ball? Yeah, it was. What, did you have a chance to actually, to work with? Him I didn't work with him, but I yeah. was his company at that point. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I, you know, all the tales were told about him. And okay. And okay. you were, it sounds like you you were doing plays and singing. I mean, you were you always sort of like you have diversified the portfolio in your career. I sang a lot at PCPA, yeah. but at ACT they don't do music. No, it was so like, I was there for four years and didn't sing a note. Yeah. Well, no, we did Girl of the Golden West, and I sang some Stephen Foster. <laughs> okay. So, sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, what was the impetus to move to New York City? Or when? Well, we came and did our uh, the presentations. You know, all the Carnegie and Juilliard. We did it at Juilliard, and we all ended up with agents. Me and Bob Westenberg. Oh yeah. And, uh, trying to think who else was in that class that you would know, but uh, no, we all got like four or five agent offers. So 
off I came to New York. Yeah. And it looks so it seemed so easy back then, right? <laughs> and uh, who was your first agent? Ellen Flack. Do you oh, know her? I've she's a manager. You've definitely yeah, had that name manager, come up. Right? She represents Boyd. Yeah. Byron yeah. Jennings. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't work with her anymore, but I love her dearly. Yeah. That was the first one. Okay. Yeah. And what year was that? Do you remember? What year? 80. 1980. Nice. Okay. Okay. So what was it like auditioning in 1980 as compared to what it's like auditioning now in 2019? Um, it was... Uh, Scarier, that's all, because I was younger. Yeah. 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 What happened was we did the thing at Juilliard, the presentations of our graduating classes. Mm -hmm. I got back to San Francisco and Rosemary Tischler called from the public and offered me to cover Kevin Klein in the Pirates of Penzance. Just like that. Just like that, without even auditioning. And I said, I don't cover anybody. It would be nice to be on stage with Linda Ronstadt, but I turned it down. What? I came to New York, went to the park, saw Kevin Klein do this, and was blown away. And I auditioned, didn't get a job for four months, and then they offered it to me again. again. And then I went, but Kevin was leaving to do the movie, and so I covered Treat Williams, and that was my first Broadway show. Oh my gosh! Holy yeah. shit! And at this point, it was at an actual Broadway theater, it wasn't mm-hmm. Central Park anymore. Right, it was correct. at the Ger- at the uh, not the Urus. What is it called now? Oh, it's the no. one in the, ho- the yeah, big the, hotel, the, the Gersh, the Marriott. Oh, the no, the Gersh one, right? No. The Minskoff? The Minskoff. No. Oh, the Minskoff. Oh, okay. Away. Yeah. Okay. Is it still the Minskoff or is it still I believe the so. Yeah, yeah. It's, we just don't know it because Lanking's been there for 20 years. Right, right, right. right. sort of yeah. forget Right. It's, yeah, it's still, like, it's yeah. still there. Yeah. It's yeah. still there. And Robbie Benson was in it. Oh, my goodness. It, it, was, it was great fun. Um, when you were uh, coming to the city, did you have any other sort of day jobs or anything along those lines? I or, took or you... a job because actors are supposed to be waiters. Yeah. Right. right. I, I was a waiter at Rusty Staub's restaurant on the east side for a month. I was a terrible waiter. <laughs> I was fired in Chinese and didn't know it. Wait, for real? Yeah. Yeah. I missed a plate of carrots or something, and the Chinese chef screamed at me in Chinese. Four o'clock that afternoon, the manager said, Jeff, did you know you were fired this morning? I said, no. He said, you want me to fix it? I said, no. And that was it. Out yeah. of there. It was the only time I ever waited tables. All right. And we would have our breaks, you know, every couple of hours, and I'd just sit there and eat chocolate mousse for 15 minutes. You know? Actually, a perfect job. I, don't, I know. I'm happy with this. I'm happy with this. So you did that for a little bit. Um, when you, We always ask our guests, uh, how did you get your equity card? Was, At ACT. What, so it was ACT. It yeah, yeah. ACT. Okay. Yeah. And then what was your go-to audition song? Uh, her face was the one, you know, from uh, Carnival. Carnival. Yeah, yes, of course. Yeah, a friend of mine said, You're, you sound like Jerry Orbach, and I didn't know he was back in high school, so I learned yeah. a few of his songs. And then, jump cut, you know, 25 years later, I'm doing Beauty and the Beast with Leroy Reams, and I said, oh, Jerry Orbach. And I'd favorites. done a, a Law and Order, but I didn't work with him. Uh-huh. But we went to Sardi's, and I got to meet Jerry Orbach. That's cool. It was fantastic. That's really cool. That's and he was competitive with young me. You know, and this was, I was oh, like... Yeah. 35, and he was. I thought he's an actor through and through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah. I want to play the roles you've played. And I could feel that was, like, was like a challenge to him or something. <laughs> Don't take it away from I me. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I love that Leroy Reams was the catalyst for that. Yes, yeah, of course yeah, he was. Right, he right, was right. one of our he's first guests. Has we, he been on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, we were at his house for a good seven hours. Yes, I'll The bet. first time. Yeah, the first time for <laughs> He has some tales to tell. He's got, he knows where all the bodies are buried. He knows all the stories. Yeah. I love him. God, we do too. So he did Pirates. How did Zorba come into your orbit? Zorb, well, Bob Westenberg, who was in my class at right. ACT, I was not in town when they cast that, and he got the role, and he did the national tour prior to Broadway, and mm-hmm. he and he and Quinn did not, he didn't like 
Anthony Quinn. Gotcha. We had Debbie on the show. Yeah, yeah. And she was telling us some stories. She, he about was him. difficult. I mean, okay, he's, yeah. he's a yeah. brilliant man. I mean, he's the kind of guy you'd walk through a door. If you didn't know who he was, you'd still say, "Who the right. hell is that?" Right. You know? right. right. But uh, so I was forewarned by Bob to keep my distance. Uh, I did play racquetball with Tony Quinn once. But he would invite me to stuff, and I always found ways to get out of it. Because Bob says he'll, he'll reel you in, and then he'll be mean to you. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And I should, you know. No, no, no. no. God okay. bless him. I saw him at uh, Dean and DeLuca about six months before he died, and he shrunk. But he remembered me. I was so flattered. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because it had been like 10 oh, years. Oh, yeah. And you just assume, like, well, we did that show together, but you never know. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, He's yeah. had a huge life. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's cool. But he was cool. He'd paint in the dressing room. He was, he's a painter, you know, Yeah. and a sculptor. And he'd come on stage with, you know, oil paint all over his pants and <laughs> stuff. But it sort of worked for Zorba. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Debbie was telling us a story. I was, I was just wondering if you were there that night. Were you there the night that he, he went up on his Oh, own? yes. Would you, I was opposite him on stage. When would, you, would you tell us the story? Because I don't yes. think she told it on air. Yeah, no, oh, I don't think so either. That, that, she, that, get, didn't, so would you please tell us this, this story? Yes, we'd been doing it about nine months on Broadway. He went up, and I tried to help him along. Uh, and finally, he said, uh, 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 I'll be right back. And he ran under the wings. And luckily, I had a book. It's the first scene in the show. And I sat there and opened the book and just looked at the book. He ran back on, gave me my line. I gave him his. He, he went up again. Oh at this God. point, a person in the orchestra pit and a person stage right is all of a sudden kneeling with the scripts, you know. And he's turning to stage what is it and they'll give him the line mm-hmm. and then finally he just stopped the show walked down to the fourth stage and said ladies and gentlemen uh, uh, I'm terribly sorry uh, uh, I was in, in an automobile accident this afternoon and if you will allow us to start again in the audience yeah bravo yeah <laughs> Tony Quinn it was a total lie he had, he had not been in an automobile accident <laughs> He'd been an actor his whole life. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Knows how to get the audience on his side, though. Yes, they were like, oh, you're great. He's starting again. <laughs> I've never seen the guy. The curtain call. He would, he'd come out for his curtain call, and he would not walk down to the four stage to bow until the entire audience stood up. <laughs> he would just stand there until they would stand up, and then he'd come down and bow. <gasps> but he was, he was a brilliant uh, guy, you know, and yeah. very lovable at times, yeah. but he could yeah. also be a little abusive sure. to me. Yeah, sure. That's a good story. Um, were you interested in doing film and television while you were in New York building your theater career? Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure, of course. Was yeah. it harder back then to, to do the commute and have some residents in L.A. and some in New York? Because now it seems like everything is self-taped. Or being known for theater and then jumping and, into yeah, the right. film world. Yeah. Too. And especially musical theater. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, he does musicals. Right. Yeah, musical that's still a, uh, an obstacle for those listening out there yes. in college land. Yeah. I have to tell you, Boyd Gaines played it the smartest. Uh, he, he did not let it be known in the business that he could sing until he won a Tony. Hmm. And then he opened that well, gate yeah. in the yeah. flood, you know, and then he did uh, several musicals after that. But I thought that was very smart yeah. because if you do musicals, they won't let you do straight stigma. plays. Yeah, generally speaking. Yeah. How do you navigate around that? Just by keeping at it and yeah. keep, you know, hounding the agent. And and besides that, I'd done you know some years of non-musicals, so I did have a resume that had sure. straight plays on it. That helped. Right. It's, but it's still I'm still yeah. fighting that. Oh, John yeah. Cullum uh, yes. said the same thing. You know, even though he was on a TV show, and God knows, no, it's yeah. yeah. He 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 didn't want to do You're in Town originally because uh, he didn't feel like doing another musical, and his manager said, uh, 
you know, I suggest you consider this. So we ended up doing it. Okay. And furthermore, that story, John and I were off in an anteroom when we were rehearsing for the off-Broadway version. Mm-hmm. And everybody in the cast hated the damn thing. It oh. didn't make any sense to anybody. The and show? It, yeah, the Urinton. It didn't read well on the page uh. before it was on its feet. And I was there, John, like moaning, and, and so was he. He was like, I don't, I don't believe in this thing. No kidding, me. Why'd you do it, John? Oh, my manager said to. He asked me. Mm-hmm. I said my agent said to. It was the Dodgers producing it and all yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And uh, literally, we walked through the door, and they were staging "Snuff That Girl," uh-huh. that great number. Yeah. And it was literally at that moment the window opened up, and we went. I see where this play lives, uh, and from there uh, it was just it, yeah, it, upward and onward. Oh yeah, um, and we'll talk about that because that was yeah, that was absolutely oh we will yes. brilliant and stunning. Um, go ahead, sorry, I was gonna... yeah. Uh, so, you, so it seems like after Zorba, I mean, you did a you worked at you did like a, on the twentieth century. I feel like at the York that, that was before Zorba. was that before Zorba? Yeah, yeah. All right. How do you do on the twentieth century at the York? Well, they uh, it was the old York too. Betty and Adolph. It wasn't getting done after the the big yeah. uh, Robin mm-hmm. Wagner production. Nobody yeah. they all yeah. thought it was too big to produce, so they wanted to do a little version, oh, yeah. so it would get. Produced in colleges and such. Oh, smart. Okay, so we did. Did you? And you got to work with them on it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What? What is that like? Oh my god. Oh well, I was. <laughs> I, it was amazing. I mean, Betty and Adolph and Cy Coleman. I'll never forget. I mean, I was Cy was teaching me not a song from that. Bro, I did other stuff with him and at at eight ninety at Michael Bennett's studios. Yes. And we were. He was teaching me a song in French, and I speak a little French, but not much. This kind of stuff happened all the time with him. And he's looking over my shoulder saying, hey, yeah, come on in. And I turn around, and here I am. I'm like 25 years old. Yeah. And here comes Dustin Hoffman, Warren Beatty, and Elaine May. What? They're rehearsing uh, at Ishtar downstairs. And I'm just, you know, it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, literally, 20 years later, I'm in L.A. He's doing, he's looping uh, Dick Tracy yeah. next door to where we're doing RoboCop. <laughs> And uh, I, I met him, and he's, he's uh, Warren Beatty's a little short guy. Yeah. But I was so taken by it all, I recalled him being this yeah, short, yeah, six yeah. foot of four. Course. Of course. <laughs> he was probably five foot seven. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Wild. I have to ask you about one of my favorite shows, and I know a lot of our listeners love it too, Smile. Yeah. When did you get involved with Smile? Well, they did a workshop. I wasn't part of that, but I got just cast to do the real production. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we were all absolutely sure that was going to be a big hit. Really? But we were young. Yeah. We, we, we believed in it. And, but apparently Howard Ashman and Marvin Hamlish didn't get along very well. That mm. wasn't public. Uh, yeah. And that's why it was never recorded. Well, sure. I had heard that Hamlish really wasn't proud of his work. And oh, was he, that right? Or, or that, an element of that, or maybe the work itself together with their collaboration, but yeah. that he really was against it being done. You might know more than I do, wow. but I had read or heard from friends that he just, he avoided it. He mm-hmm. wanted it closed and shut, no one ever to hear Is it. Is that right? Really? Yeah, yeah. That he. I believe there was but, stuff But I wonder what we the real yeah. story is. But what was, I mean, we always want to hear about Howard Ashman because he yeah. was so special, and we, yet he, we lost him way, way, way too right. soon. Um, he well, was a great guy. Yeah, he, really he was a nice very, person. Uh, accessible, yeah. you know, wonderful person. And as he said, after we opened and the reviews were not great, he said, well, I'll just take my toys and go elsewhere. And I guess he did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, know, yeah. Little not, Mermaid not, happened hello, shortly Mr. thereafter. Mr. Mencken. Yeah. 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 Well, what was the, I mean, because it's a, it's a lesser known show, as we say. Uh, and what was the story of Smile? It's the junior Miss Beauty pageant in California. 
It's based on the film, right, with Bruce Dern mm-hmm. and Barbara Feldman. Yeah. And uh, they put on a beauty pageant, and some nefarious shit happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Somebody takes some pictures of the girls when they're dressing in the locker room oh. or something, and it, yeah, the okay. whole thing comes unglued. And, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I would love to see a production of it. I think I, we all would. Yeah, it, I think we it, all it's would. One, yeah, because it's got it's written by a great writer and writers, you know. And yeah. it's, but you know what? It was. I think the community was waiting for them to see them trash beauty pageants, and yeah. Howard decided to go the high road, mm. and and I mean he literally said as much. Yeah. And 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 I think that took the edge away from it. It was just sort of a. Yeah. Uh, gee golly, you know, all good time. <laughs> a musical. Yes. Yeah. 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 It was that. Whereas apparently the workshop was much darker. Huh. Yeah. It was Carolyn Lee, I think, oh, on the yes. workshop. That's right. Oh, because yeah, we sang one of the songs from Marvin it. Marvin and Carolyn Lee. And she passed. Oh, my God. And Howard Ashman came on. That's right. And if you've seen the original movie, it's, it's, it is mm-hmm. dark. It's a very it's dark film. Yeah. It's a funny film, but very, very yeah. dark. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your process. Um, how do you approach a role and how do you create a character? Hmm. <laughs> is it, are you one is a Meisner guy, an Adler guy, instinct guy? Yeah. It, well, no. At this point, it's all instinct. But yes, I studied all that junk when I was young. Yeah. But you know, young actors, you get caught in your head with theory and whatnot. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. When I when I was in school, I, I, the smarter, the more talented, better actors. There would be contradictions from class to class, and mm. and the the lesser people would say, "That's not what this teacher said, and that's not what this teacher said." And the smarter people said, "I see. You take what you need from each thing yeah. and put together right. your own yeah. technique. What works for you?" But believe me, I don't think about any of it anymore. I just go intuitively. It's instinct. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not sitting down there with you know your pencil and your script, going, "He had this for breakfast," and then this well, is my I do, do that. Oh, you can. Okay. No, no, I believe in in all that. Oh yeah, tell us about that. Tell us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making up a whole backstory to the character is, for sure. That's something that's important. No, to but you. as far as actions and motivations yeah. and all that, I don't really ever feel the need to go there as okay. far as analyzing that anymore. But when I was young, we'd all get caught up yeah. in that. Yeah. What's the most challenging role that you've had so far? That's a good question. They're challenging for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Different I know things. every role, I'm sure, has a challenge to it, but yeah, yeah. I mean, the role versus the show, and like, you know, but what role was yeah. hard nut to crack? Well, I don't know. I'm going to do um, as you like it this summer, mm. and Jaquees. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that. I get most excited about roles when I read them, and I think I have no idea what to do with this. You're yeah, in town the same scary. thing. That excites you. Well, it turns out, I think back, I think the, the most interesting work came from when that was my first response yeah. to the material. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know, uh, the hardest, gosh, that's a tough question, yeah. you know. I mean, Zorba, that might be one of them because it's kind of a stick figure. The, yeah. yes. the Zorba role is a three-dimensional character mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And that's not the case in the novel, I mean, it's a, it's a rich, very rich character, Nico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in the musical, he's kind of a stick figure. Yes. So trying to flesh that mm-hmm. out was, you know, an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Ma- making that third dimension happen <laughs> yeah. to the character. Right, and yeah. making him a real person. Yeah. yeah. but Because he's just a device for Zorba to have all the color and mm-hmm. fun, right. you know. Do you harbor any desire to direct at any point? Yes, yeah. yes, I do. I've done some directing. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, pursuing acting is a full-time job, and so is directing, so... 
I was just thinking Hunter Foster. He's doing so well. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, yeah. 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 The other Josh Cohen is his thing, and he's got his own theater up uh, upstate in Syracuse now. Oh, that's right. Yes. But I feel like he had, there was a point where he said, "All right, full on directing. Yeah. We'll have to ask him that." But I'm sure there was a yeah. moment where he thought, "Well, the acting will just focus more on this." It's, yeah. Yeah. And he's having great to, success. Yeah. With it, you know? yeah. 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 But it is a full time job going either right. direction <laughs> for the most part, unless you're a big celebrity. You know? Right. So. But you're able to find that balance between pursuing your, your acting career and then taking on directing projects when you like to take them on. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, but I don't get to offer them very often. Mm-hmm. So, And I, would, I wouldn't I would mind, and maybe I will in the next... I get my pension pretty soon. Nice. Congrats. I may pursue that more actively and let the acting sort of mm-hmm. fade away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, in a couple of years. Um, we, we always ask, because you've done so much film and television work, it's going to be a very blatant or obvious question, I should say, but what is the difference between modifying your performance for camera versus modifying it for the stage? They enhance each other, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, my friend Danny Davis, you know Danny? Yeah. From The Nanny? Yeah, Danny's a great guy. Yeah, and a great, great, uh, probably the greatest classical actor, one of them in in. America, oh, so the world. Yeah. He's phenomenal for his mouth for uh, the classics in Shakespeare. Hmm. But he said, I just moved my uh, point of focus from the center of my chest up to the middle of my forehead. That's how he put it once. I thought, hmm, I don't know. No, you just imagine you're being filmed, and that's all I've ever done about it. Mm-hmm. I don't really have any technique. I took a class in L.A., and it just ended up confusing me further, <laughs> being theoretical about how you adjust to a camera. You just... Imagine that you're talking to someone this far away instead of filling a theater. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. No, Tell us some of the film and television that you've done over because because people know your voice, but I'm sure they'd like to know that. Oh, that's that's the name of the person that's that's doing it. Well, I've done. I, I did Elementary and Madam Secretary yeah. in the last couple of years, yeah. but I've I've done. I don't know. I did as I mentioned, RoboCop and Cliffhanger, and I don't know. There's six or seven films, and it's it's not theater related, but so many people are knowledgeable of this. Your Frog. Right. T- tell us about this fraud. That was a great job. <laughs> that was a great job. All right, t- tell us because. Well, I, so I get a phone call to do the sequel or the prequel to Michigan J. Frog's uh, One Froggy Evening. That was 1955. Wow. They have no record of who that actor was, and I'm sure he's been dead a long time. But Chuck Jones was, uh, w, uh, Warner Brothers said, yeah. said, we want you to do a sequel to it because it was everybody remembered that thing. So we did, I got the job. It was I was so happy to do that and hang out with Chuck Jones for a month. And then my agent called and said, are you sitting down? They want you to be the spokesphibian for the WBTV network. And I won't mention money numbers, but it was just free money for four years and a lot of it. Had we I kept had no going, idea. The WB went down. Yeah. Had they kept going, I would be oh my gosh. making... Over a million dollars a year by now, That's easily insane. over that. You remember that they had a fraud. I as do. Its well, I did not realize mascot. even when I read the you know do my yeah. research, I didn't put it together that that was that was the that was a spokesperson. I mean, that yeah, was the guy. Yeah. I, I remember growing up. I mean, very well, of course. A little top hat. And yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had a, I had a contract with them two or three uh, sessions a week, guaranteed big amount of money, and I would come in some days and just go, yeah, and here's. A check for I mean, several those, thousand dollars. Those are the gigs where it's just like ka-ching. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, I mean, it's just amazing. Like but that's... making a lot of money, because I was in a bunch of Broadway shows at that time, too. Yeah. It, was, it complicated my life, my marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, making money suddenly, all of a sudden, big money like that yeah. was, took uh, getting yeah, used to. Sure, sure. 
But well deserved to have yeah. that. Well, thank you. you deserve that, my Don't God. we all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were you going to ask about it? <laughs> um, you also, uh, I saw that you were on the... Uh, you're, you're so varied, all the things yeah. you did, but you, you know, we'll get to Pirate Queen, but that was not your first encounter with Claude Michel and Elaine. I mean, they weren't part of the second national tour of Les Mis, but I forget that you were Javert on that. I mean, I was, were, and they were there. They were there. Yeah, they came out to LA because yeah. it was the first production in Los Angeles. And we should say that one of my one of our all-time favorites and who was supposed to be a guest on our show was uh, Gary Beach. Oh. And you were you got to share the stage. Yes, and he did. played Tenardier, I think. He did. And yeah. I did Les Mis with him as well. And he was Tenardier. <laughs> in New York? Yeah, in 2006. Oh. I just wow. think it's wild that the man played the same role yeah, 20 wow. years later. What so. a great guy. But huh? isn't he the greatest? Oh but, my god. How did that happen that we lost him? I don't I don't know what I know. backstory yeah. is there, you know. It was yeah. sudden, and it wasn't supposed to happen. I, I did hear somebody say he he he'd said to his husband, he said, uh, "I have this deep, deep chill," and he mm-hmm. went to sleep that night yes. and just didn't wake up. Yeah, again. Oh. yeah. so sudden. Um, had you been living in LA before you did the? No, I'd been in New York. Right, I got married. And then I had a season at the Denver Center, and nice. I flew out one day to audition for Les Mis and yeah. got the job. So we said, well, I guess that settles out. We're moving to L.A. So. And did that in itself open up, you know, the L.A. people oh. go to see shows, then is, or did it open up doors at all? For, it did. My agent know. said, no, don't, they don't usually take music right, theater right. people in film and TV, but it did in my case. It did work. I worked a whole lot for about four years off of that job on film and TV. Yeah. yeah. And one of the big disappointments of my life was... They, they, it was it was Javert's turn to be on the Carson show. Mm. So they had the orchestration sent over. The guy came from Carson, interviewed me twice, determined that I could handle myself sitting down to talk with Johnny after singing. Mm. Mm-hmm. That afternoon, it was supposed to happen. I bought a wardrobe and everything. They came to take me, and, and John Caird, who had just flown in from England, yeah, said... Yeah, one of the directors. Yeah, yeah he said, uh, Jeff can't leave. We, we, we start previews in two days. And I could have said, John, you don't understand. No, this this is, is the Tonight Show. There was yes. no Letterman, no nothing yeah. except Carson. And I could have said, please, I've got to do this. But I didn't. I said, yeah. whatever you want. Right. I sat there with a six-pack of beer that night. Yeah. It was. They replaced me with Bob Costas. But it would have been me, Johnny Carson, and Jimmy Stewart. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that hurts. It hurt. That hurts. <laughs> and every manager in New York that I talked to after that, I said, well, if you... If they get you back on the Carson show, let us know. Because in those days, that could launch an entire... Huge. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a Absolutely. huge, huge thing. Oh, so that was, uh, yeah, that's one of the hard yeah, no, showbiz stories. That happens, yeah. Did yeah. you do any pilots while you were out in Los Angeles? No, I didn't. Oh, you, you were spared that, okay. <laughs> no. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Well, that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> um, you love Sideshow. I do love Sideshow. So yeah. let's talk about... How did that come into your orbit? I'd just come back to New York. So you'd lived in L.A. for like, let's say, how long? Yeah, for eight years. Okay. And we had recently come back to do Beauty and the Beast. Oh, uh, yes. And the Michigan J. Frog thing was going on, so I, it, things were good. Yeah. Um, but they asked me to do a workshop of it with... Emily, and not Alice. It was another actress that played Alice's part. But Bobby Longbottom was directing He it. was, yeah. yeah. and it was... I thought, boy, this thing's potent, you know? Yeah. So from there, it just went. And then they did... And then I was gone out of town doing something. They did another workshop, and Chris Invar... Oh, yeah. Oh, in, yeah. Did, and then I thought, oh, Great. shit, now I have to wait and see who they choose. And luckily, they chose me. Yeah, yeah. Because Chris is fantastic, but he... Yeah. Anyway, they chose me. Yeah, yeah. So. It's a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> a good yeah. choice. A good choice. Uh, in the rehearsal process, did you think it was going to be, did you know it was going to be the cult musical that it is now? Did you know it was going to have such a passionate following? It, uh, I mean, after Smile, I, I, I sat back and, I, as a matter of fact, I went to Alice and Emily's dressing room one night. Everybody was absolutely sure it would be this huge hit mm. and said, I just want to forewarn you, I've been through this before. And they were both like, well, thanks a lot for your negativity. Right, right. <laughs> Don't wait on my parade. To be true. Really? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The show shut. It, didn't, it ran. I don't know what six, seven six weeks months. Or oh, it's so weeks. Really? Not months. I always think of it as like at least. Wow. No, as know. a matter of fact, the kind of infamous tale is that they, Alice and Emily, started doing curtain speeches because we were going to close. Yeah. They raised two million dollars in curtain speeches to keep it open. And wow. Frank Rich. Loved the show, sat up in the balcony, yeah. came and saw it several times. Became friends with Bobby Longbottom, and he said, "You know what." I would warn you not to go there. Don't do it. If it if it folds again after raising this money, it will hurt your your profile. Mm-hmm. So they chose to not go for it with this two million dollars and had to give all the money back. Oh my God! Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that either. I knew he was a big supporter of yeah. the show. He loved, loved it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they made a cast recording. I'm glad that we have yeah, you know, the cast God. recording. And I love that recording. It's, I do too. It's a great thing. But it was. We opened with Lion King and Ragtime yeah. and uh, Alan Cummings' uh, Cabaret the yeah. first time. And and uh, uh, Manny Eisenberg oh, right. apologized to us. He said, I didn't put enough money away to market this thing in this season opposite Disney He's and blah, 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 blah. Titans. And we got buried. You yeah, know? you did. And so and It was quite unfair. But since then, my God, it's had such a... Yeah. I know, it's a huge It is a musical life. people yeah. love. It is. Yeah. It really is. It's a musical people love. Did you love. see the most recent revival? I did. Was I it? Did. What was it like going back? It was, it was, it was interesting going though, back, but they... I think our script is better than the revival script. Yeah. I don't know which one they license out, but I... Oh, I don't know. I don't yeah, know the they answer. changed yeah. songs. They, they refocused the it a little bit. Was, completely different. They did a whole backstory mm-hmm. thing that I didn't feel was necessary, but... Yeah. yeah. And... Mm, you know, Alice and Emily, that was a primal scream, the two of them. Oh, God, yeah. That that wasn't quite as potent the second time. It must time have around. been wild to be in the room to hear that material the first time, you know, yeah, to yeah. hear them sing that and just... Because yeah. I th- often think, you know, in the 80s, you, we had the, the British invasion. We lost a lot of American... There wasn't a lot of American composers. The, the 80s was a really tough time for... Right. I mean, you, you had a couple revivals, and then Disney took over. But I think of Sideshow and, like, Ragtime as the sort of America 
pop opera versions of yes, Les Mis yes. and Miss Saigon. But like Sideshow to me is it's sung through. It is it is it is an epic musical piece, uh, and I, I'm you know I think it really changed the way we yeah. look at American musical theater. I, I hope it gets you know, another chance. I hope so at too. At some point, but yeah. it will have to wait another generation or so yeah. Yeah. for sure to yeah. happen. But it does get produced around the country. It does yeah. regionally, yeah, for sure. I, I wanted to ask you: um, Did you always knew no you could sing? Did you always know that you had that power? I yeah, we were, they were doing the Fantastics at PCPA. I was in high school mm. at the time, and I did. I'd been in choir and whatnot, but I decided to sing. Uh, oh, some old song. I can't think of what it was. But came and opened my mouth and got the job. Yeah, I mean, in an equity production. Um, but they hired, and all the other college guys that didn't get the role were angry with yeah, me. Yeah, bet. Because I was in high school. So yeah. I was 16, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. So you had, but, more, you had a natural, yeah, a natural yeah, voice. Just I a mean, big, noisy like voice. Had, you know? <laughs> but there's such versatility to the voice. Um, and I was wondering if that was something that you mm. trained for, or it's just one of those things that's a natural. It's no, a natural I just, gift you know, time. I can imitate Jerry Orbach and Rock. <laughs> uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Camelot. Oh, Rich, uh, Robert, uh, Robert Goulet? Goulet? Yes, all yeah, that okay. sort of thing. But I love James Taylor, and so I can yeah. do all that stuff. And yeah, that makes I can get sense. noisier, I can get soft. And, yeah. Hey, podcast listeners! Are you looking for a place to rehearse in New York City that is clean, spacious, and most importantly, affordable? Come check out Shetler Studios and Theaters, our wonderful host for these podcasts. Shetler is centrally located on West 54th Street between Broadway and 8th Avenue, Right in the heart of the theater district. Right in the heart. You'll find music, dance, and acting studios, complemented by two black box theaters and six presentation venues. The professional facilities, inspired environment, and expert industry staff combine to provide the New York artist with an unparalleled studio experience. Visit their website at shetlerstudios.com. That's S-H-E-T-L-E-R studios.com. Shetler Studios and Theaters is our home for recording the legends of Broadway, and we hope that you make it your artistic home too. That's Shetler, S-H-E-T-L-E-R studios.com. See you here. You've originated, you know, roles and, you know, you're in town and the Pirate Queen and others, and then you've also replaced, like in Beauty and the Beast. What are the challenges between the two that you could share with our audience? Well, replacing isn't quite as fun. Right? (laughs) You don't get those six weeks of rehearsal. Yes, where you get to stand in the back of the house and watch somebody else do it and try to not absorb everything they're doing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately it's a good thing. I did City of Angels that way That's right, the Torah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, it's it's a lot more fun creating the thing. Right. That's for sure. So we're you're in town. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. one of the funniest performances I've ever seen in my life. To this day, it's still one of my favorite favorite have, shows and performances. And yes, yes, you just have to sit and take it because yes. it really was that fucking funny, Jeff. You were you, I would go to the show just to see, just for you to make me laugh. Thanks. I and know, enjoy. They need to bring that one back. It's yeah, time. I'm isn't it? And I feel like it closed too soon. I feel like it closed because of the theater was, right, was being was the building was being gone. Yes, yeah. and that I, I, at the time I was fresh out of school and we were very upset about it because yeah, we thought yeah. this is nuts. This show is a hit. Why yeah. is it being closed? But it ran two and three quarters years. <laughs> it which did. Is it was good. Healthy, I mean, it was but a good we wanted one. more. But we yeah, wanted yeah, more. Yeah. We wanted the operating costs weren't high. Come on, like yeah, it was like Phantom. Still running. Still running. But I do enjoy the fact that you said when you you and Colin were doing it off Broadway or you know the. Broadway, you were like, what yeah, is it this? Make sense at what first. is this? Yeah, it was amazing. And as I said, that very day, suddenly we started 
seeing what it meant to be, what it wanted to be. And what was that? Greg Coda said to me, the yeah. first day we One did of the a writers. reading of it, yes, who's a, a great guy, he said, I tried to write a bad musical really well. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great, because I've seen you know, little amateur productions of it and whatnot, and that show works even with lousy you know, actors that don't know what they're doing, because yes. it's... It's a, it's a, a bad musical written really well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it also, uh, maybe this is my youth just looking up and thinking it that, this way, but it looked like it was fun to do as well. It was fun. You know that yeah. it, this material, these these songs, these uh, these scenes that were there was goofy. There was, a, but yet it was played so serious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was interesting. Um, um, John Rando. Yes, the director. You know, the temptation was to go. Because it has a sort of sophomoric spirit to it, you know, it's yes. kind of stupid yeah, college like, yeah. jokes. Putting on a show, and so yeah. he reined that in as much as he could to keep it, um, you know, respectable. Right. And right. I don't mean that in any uh, moralistic way. I just mean as intelligently yes. stupid as possible. Yes, you know? yes, yeah. yes. And yes. He's, he's good at that. How did you create Officer Lockstock? Because it was serious. It was one of the funniest things I ever saw in my life. I don't know, just one day I thought, you know, I'd, I'd like to do this one number in jazz pants. <laughs> Dressed as a policeman with, like, you know, spandex jazz pants. And that never happened, but that was sort of the key to no, that character. I, yeah, got it, <laughs> got it. <laughs> the cop song, oh my God. Yes, yes right. Totally. It was hysterical. Yeah. Just so funny. And, you know, did you, did you meet a lot of your heroes coming backstage to say, oh, my God. Yes, just, yes. Yeah. Amazing, so, the people who, who, that I met. Who were some, some of your pinch me moments of, oh, my God, I can't Natalie Portman you. came back. I mean, Jeff Bridges. Uh, um, I mean, Carol Burnett. Yeah. Mary Tyler Moore. It was, I mean, uh, Mike Nichols. Uh, yeah. Um, what's his name? Um, Young Frankenstein. Mel Brooks? Yeah, Mel Brooks and his wife. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right Anne Bancroft. Yeah, yeah, she died a few, maybe nine months later or something. Yeah, a lot of major people came back for that one, yeah. including Eugene Levy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was it was great. And, and and those that didn't come back, we knew who were in the mm-hmm. audience. Mm-hmm. It, it was a, a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot. And you were also performing, if I remember correctly, during 9-11, is that correct? Yeah, well, it was, it was to open um, September 13th, and then 9-11 happened, and they pushed opening a week later. But it and it had all sorts of jokes about people being thrown off buildings yeah, that had to be yeah. adjusted, and uh, I mean, oh, I didn't, I don't remember that. Wow. Well, yeah, because that's if you go you. to Urinetown, that's what it means. You're, right. you're thrown yeah. off a building. That's right. But they had all the they had several jokes that they cut. Or the, at that the mist. That's right. Yes, I remember back. that. Yeah, yeah. And the show ran and was, I think, almost therapeutic for the community in a very, very tragic time. Definitely. Yeah. And then Enron happened about a year and a half later, and the show had a whole new resonance with mm-hmm. you know corporate yeah. mm-hmm. malfeasance. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So it's it's a great show. It really is. Yeah, we want to we want to see it come back at yeah. some point. Yeah. yeah, it's it's. He meant to. Well, he wrote um, a Yeast Nation. Yeah. the prequel to it, which is a cool thing that's never quite made its way to Broadway, and then it was going to be part of a, a trilogy and and. Uh, out in outer space when the Earth has been completely obliterated. Uh-huh. But I don't know that Greg's ever written that, but uh-huh. he, that's what he said. That yeah. was his original idea. Talented writers, my yeah. God. Yeah, Such they're talented, great. talented guys. Yeah. Great guys. Um, you've had a pretty long association with Stephen Sondheim and his works. Um, what was the first Sondheim that you did? I think Company was the first Any one company? that I did, yeah. But that was up in New England when I was way too young for it. <laughs> no, yeah. And everybody does company when you're right. way too, way yes, too young yeah, for yeah. it. 
No, but then we did, uh, I mean, I've done a whole bunch of them, but it was Follies that he came to Barrington with Mia Farrow. Oh, we came oh. together? Yeah. He brought her up there. <laughs> Apparently called ahead and said, I need a place to have a picnic. So the whole board went scrambling of to course find they him did. a beautiful country setting for he and Marrow, uh, Mia Farrow to sit on the grass. <laughs> but he uh, had to get up and leave his seat because he was crying at one point, they say. <sighs> After um, uh, too many mornings, he got up and went back to the back of the house because he was he'd lost it. Wow. Yeah, and then he came up and saw Sweeney Todd when we did that with Harriet Harris. Oh, well, the great Harriet Harris. What's it like working with her? Oh, well, I, I, I adore her. her. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's just... Well, first, I did it with Emily Skinner mm-hmm. out in Oklahoma. That same year, we did a production at Oklahoma Lyric, yep. and then we did it uh, in the Berkshires with Harriet. And Emily's fantastic, but... Harriet is sort of the perfect person for that role, I think, you know, if anybody you can think of. Yeah. Just perfect. Yeah. I would like to see it. You know, we talk a lot about on this podcast about, you know, Broadway and off-Broadway, but regional theater is so important to this industry. And you've worked a lot. You just mentioned Barrington Stage. When did you start your relationship with them, and what makes this theater so so special, and why do you keep going back? Well, the Berkshires, for one thing. Well, hello, it's beautiful. You know, I swim in the morning. Western Massachusetts. And James Taylor lives right there (laughs) on the hill. Casual. Next to us. Yeah, it's it's a great. I'm going up there this summer again, and I think I've done 16 plays up there. Oh my I'm goodness. an associate artist, so I can suggest things. Yeah. And we did La Mancha because I kept on it for a And I want to do Most Happy Fella up there. Oh, Even yeah. though I'm not right for it, I still want to do it. But uh, no, it's a great company to be part of. And every time I'm up there, the company has grown exponentially. I mean, they're just hustling to keep up with their own growth. Yeah. And the yeah. money. Julie Boyd. I mean, she has a gala every summer, and it was a couple of years ago. I sat, I was seated at a table with a bunch of people that were all cable TV people from New York City, and I thought, "Why are you in the Berkshires right. at the gala for Barrington Stage?" They said, "We've come up to observe Julie Boyd and how she operates this huh. thing because she raises money, like you know, and the theater just grows and yeah. grows, and oh, all yeah. new material this season is almost." 80% new stuff. That's incredible. She's Good. a phenomenal producer. Yeah. Yeah. Would you ever want to be an artistic director at some point? Yeah, I would. Yeah. But but I I haven't laid the foundation for that to happen. Yeah. I mean, yes, I would, sure, if anybody's out there yeah. listening. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I worked down at the Alliance just recently. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, and I sat at the table and I thought, I could do this. Mm-hmm. Why didn't I? So I tell my daughter, who's a young actress, mm-hmm. you know, think of yourself as a producer and any of the young people listening to this podcast, you can act, but you can also write and direct and produce, and you should, you know, think of yourself in all of yeah. those terms. Yeah. It's, it's really That's important. Advice. And you're supportive of your daughter going into this business. You haven't yes, tried I to am. deter her in any way. I am. Right? She's great. She's with New Jersey Shakes right now. Oh, I'm is she really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and she's a phenomenal young woman. My daughter was born 100% deaf. She has cochlear implants. You would sit and talk to her for an hour and not know she's hearing impaired. And she's done. She's doing her eighth or ninth Shakespeare at age 23 now. Loves that, language. That's brilliant. Yeah, you would yeah. not know she's hearing impaired. She's Good job, phenomenal. Dad. That's yeah. really cool. Well, that I you... will credit her mother. We're not married anymore, but she, she yeah. really took the bull by the horns Wonderful, there. Wonderful, though, that yeah. you both yeah. could. I assumed wow. we would go into the deaf culture and signing and all that. Yeah. And Pam, my ex, found the way towards... Uh, 
with audiologists and, and the cochlear implant, which has been a complete success. Well, that moment That's she first heard must have been un- unbelievable. It's the, Although, no, it takes the brain about a year to it? really adjust to that. Yeah, they you have, see those on YouTube of people. Yeah. Well, they like, hear something, but yeah. it's not necessarily like what we hear because it's all, yeah. she's a cyborg. I mean, she, it's, yeah. it's uh, electrodes implanted around the cochlea right. in your head. So but, she's not hearing anything acoustically. It's all signals sent to the brain oh, electronically. Yeah. And the fact that she's in an, an art form that is about <laughs> that and doing it, and it's, I just think that's really, that's yeah. really yeah. I mean, what was the scariest thing in my life for, for our whole family turned out to be this enormous victory. That's beautiful. Uh, and, and she's an inspiration and really gifted and incredibly mm-hmm. smart. And all yeah. Is cool. she your only child? No, I have another daughter who's a big casting director in L.A. Oh, good. Yeah, she's doing really well out there. Wow. Yeah, she's um, a cast. Well, Black Klansman was their film. Yeah. She's done a whole bunch of Okay. Work. Oh, my God. Does she ever get Dad a job? Do you ever just, you know... She's had me in for a couple, of, maybe three things <laughs> in six or seven years. <laughs> I was, no, was going to go to the, the Pirate Queen. I was going to oh, ask about... Because this I was going to ask was, about Kunstler, but you go to the this Pirate was, Queen. Um, this was quite an epic um, event. <laughs> Failure. Yeah, oh, well, yes. I didn't want to say that, but... Yeah. It, it was. It had all of the mar- makings for a, a big, huge, successful production. I saw it in Chicago. I saw it in did New York. Did you? I did. I, I wow. my buddy was a, a swing on it. Don Brewer. Oh, uh, wow, we wow. did. We did Les Mis, and so I was. I would think I was on tour in Cleveland, and I drove out to Chicago to see it because I loved. I love Claude Michel, and I, I've loved their music, and I love their their stuff. But um, yeah. I sat across the aisle from Claude Michel, and I thought, uh, "Oh, here we go!" Uh, and then, yeah, yeah, it just didn't take off Even the way people with thought it did. Singing. I know this is uh, Stephanie J. Block. It was the, the, her first big, you know, you, she yeah. did the Hugh Jackman thing, but this was like her first big star role, and yeah. it was, right. it just couldn't find its way, yeah. you know. And you had, I think you had what in Chicago, you had Galati, I think, directing it. Frank, yes. Frank Galati. Well, he, he did stuck, he do it, and did he do, stay with it yeah, in New but York? Graziella came in Graziella. And, and enhanced the whole thing from staging right. point of view. But yeah, you know, I want to ask you really quickly, if I can, Jeff, what do you look for out of a director? What's the ideal actor-director collaboration? Well, the older I get, the more I like people to stay out of my way. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> we've heard, we've heard that a lot, yeah, actually. Smart director. This is a good question. Bobby Longbottom, who did Sideshow, yeah. he never told you how to do anything. We would simply talk about the circumstances surrounding a scene, mm-hmm. and he would direct you that way, which I think is... The ideal thing to do with, not necessarily, you know, young actors need a little more uh, Mm -hmm. guidance than that. But at this point, to just talk about the circumstances surrounding a scene and and moving people that way, I Mm. think, is really smart. And he's he's a... Really great guy, Bobby. Very smart guy. Yeah, great director. Yeah, yeah great yeah. director. Do you like a long rehearsal process? Short rehearsal? Sure, longer the better. Yeah, you, oh, like, you like rehearsing. You like being in the yeah, room. yeah, yeah. I mean, the rehearsal periods get shorter and shorter, don't they? With yep, so true. And actors always pull it out. Yeah, don't they? Well, they have to. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah they have I mean, to. Like and they, there's them and up there. Do. You know, yeah. But sure, I'd love to live in Stanislavski's theater and <laughs> rehearse for six months. <laughs> right. Because yeah, you can just go slowly. How did, uh, going back to Pirate Queen, how did that change as they were trying to fix it? I mean, what were they, were they retooling it a lot in Chicago when you came to New York? Were you guys like doing one show at night, redoing it during the day? I don't remember, to tell you the truth. It's I fine. just know in Chicago I thought, well, maybe this is what it's like to be in a big fat flop. Yeah. But I don't, I don't remember the, what changed exactly. They were about to cut um, 
Was it her song? On the Sea of Life. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. God, yeah. I think that is the most glorious anthem yeah. that they've ever written. And but it didn't. They didn't need it, but it was so beautiful, and I'm glad they didn't cut it. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you if I can. Um, Kunstler is a one-man show, correct? No, it's there, there's a little there? black, little yeah. a black uh, younger female, oh, yes. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, law student that challenges him because yes. he was a he uh, Kunstler was an I well his ex-wife sometimes hears me on the radio. <laughs> but he, he was a horror. He loved uh, he loved the media attention. You know, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, I remember, you know, anytime there was a trial or something, he would be on CNN immediately yeah. as a talking head. See, I, don't, fact, I don't know this. I don't know this. this he did the oh, Chicago 7 trial was, oh. was what put him on the map. I mean, he, he, he represented Jack Ruby, actually. Shit. Not a civil rights thing in that case. But then he did the Freedom Riders. He was down in the South. That's mm-hmm. when he got engaged and, and thought of as a civil rights mm-hmm. lawyer. But it was the Chicago 7 thing. Abby Hoffman and Jerry Rubin. Mm-hmm. They all became fast friends. And then he, he did Attica. He was mm. the big lawyer on that. And mm-hmm. then the Wounded Knee thing back up in 1970 or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And he was, he was representing the guys that blew up the World Trade Center the first time. Yeah, I remember that. When he died. Oh, my So goodness. he was always looking for the sensational stuff. And, yeah. But, you know, I mean, everybody deserves a lawyer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, do you think that he, he went after cases because he felt that justice had to be served? Or do you think he was going after cases because it might shine more of a spotlight on Well, on I him? think at, or 50, 50. early on he had gone the route of only taking cases that he believed in. Mm-hmm. But I think, as I said, I do think he became uh, a little addicted to the attention, yeah. you know. And and that's what in our play uh, the the young woman challenges him on. You know, he ended up representing John Gotti and and and, uh, but he was also friends with Roy Cohn. He went to school with Roy Cohn. And, yeah, wow. and he wrote Joseph McCarthy's will. And I mean, these were early things, but uh, uh, before he was, yeah, famous and whatnot. But so he would have represented Trump in something probably if he were oh, alive he, today. He, I don't think so. I think he would have gone <laughs> yeah, after limits. Trump with all. <laughs> oh, he good, could. good, good, good. I'm glad. I'm happy to hear that. Then yeah, that's good. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> but a really fascinating yeah. legal mind. Oh yeah, yeah, and a great, compassionate, engaged person. I mean, and a, and a, and a showboat, you know. So it makes for a great play because he's. Yeah. You know, he loves being the center of attention and telling wild stories. Right, and, larger than life. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, he's great. You know. And he, he came, my hometown, where I grew up in Santa Maria, at UCSB, I found this out about six, seven years ago. When I was in eighth grade, the kids had all uh, burned the whole town down and burned down the Bank of America in Isla Vista, California, which is where UCSB. And it was because William Kunstler had come to the college the night before, spoken at the football stadium, and riled up all the kids, and they went out and burned down the town. And that was, I didn't know that. I just went down. My father took us down and we looked at the charred ruins of the bank and everything. Oh, my God. But it was because of William Kunstler. He was supposed to go down into L.A. the next day and the attorney general said, you're not, yeah. no more. That's it. You know? Wow. Yeah, because he was a rabble rouser. He could really get the masses. Yeah. yeah. Great speaker. Oh, my God. Yeah, really, really, really great speaker. Yeah. Um, uh, were you the first person in that role? Have you been with the play since the beginning? It was written for me. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. Jeff yeah. Sweet, who's a good friend of mine, we worked together a couple of times, and he wrote it for me. Yeah, yeah. He called me one night and said, uh, would you be interested in playing William Kunstler? I thought, William Kunstler, who? who? And uh, I looked him up, and I went, yeah. oh, him. Mm. Yes, sure, why not? And his daughters, Emily and Sarah, made a great documentary about him. 
that's worth seeing called uh, uh, Disturbing the Universe mm-hmm. about his whole career. Because they were angry with him because there were bomb threats to their home down right. in the village and all of this. And so after he died, they went back and studied his whole uh, philosophy and everything mm. else and came to respect him deeply. Huh. Yeah. 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 When we did it uh, at 59 East 59th, I mean, people came out of the woodwork that knew him. I met yeah. so many amazing people. Wild. Yeah. Including his entire family. I mean, they're all friends of mine now. And it must have been wild doing research because when you were yeah. playing a real-life person on yes. stage, it's yes. a whole different set of circumstances right. than when you were like, oh, just yeah. playing like yeah, Shylock. You're, you're right. You know? I yeah. mean, that's that must have been that wild. a trip. Yeah. Did they? Did the family come to see any rehearsals and give you pointers or tips, no. or did you try to say he's a he's a character, a fictional character in my mind for now? Right. No, they did. They had no uh, input that way. But they they wanted a three dimensional portrait done yeah. of him. They didn't want to just hero worship him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They know that you know there's the the dark side and all that. Ron Kuby, who was his associate, also came and saw it uh, several times and did talkbacks afterwards and whatnot. And, yeah, what's what's the next step? Uh, will it return at some point? Well, our producers are trying to get it going at the McCarter. Mm-hmm. They're trying. They, we signed on with Columbia Theatricals, which handles Wicked and Chicago yeah. all over the country. But people don't seem to remember William Kunstler well enough uh, to that to light the mm-hmm. flame under them. So our producers are working overtime trying to keep the thing alive. Okay. But as I said, I think to wait till Trump is gone might be the wisest thing that could happen just because it's like shooting into a barrel right now. Speaking truth to power doesn't, uh, isn't very effective at this point no. in our country's history. No, you know? no, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Truth doesn't mean anything right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it, does that inspire you to create more art? I mean, you don't feel defeated by any means whatsoever. No, 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 no. It just inspires me to get a different job. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I love doing it. And and had it been picked up, and maybe it still will be eventually, you know, it could be a a good annuity for me financially and all that. Mm -hmm. Are there any dream roles that you'd like to tackle at some point? King Lear. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm doing As You Like It at New York, uh, New Jersey Shakes. Good. This uh, uh, fall, and I've spoken with Bonnie Monty out there about doing Lear because I'd love to do it with my daughter playing Cordelia. Oh my gosh, oh, yeah, that'd be a trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a big one. But any Chekhov, always and forever. I love Chekhov. Okay, yeah, and Cyrano. I, I still, I've been cast in it twice, huh. and both times other things got in the way. Southern Comfort was one of them, mm-hmm. and uh, I would love to still do Cyrano somewhere. Yeah. And Southern Comfort was stunning. Yeah, absolutely. Stunning. I love that piece. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I played a transgender uh, woman named Lola Cola, who's a real person. There was a documentary by the same name that won all the awards at Sundance back in two thousand, and Lola was in it. And she came to our closing night at the Public, oh, wow. and uh, has since become a good friend of mine. When I was That's... just down in Atlanta and had dinner at her house and all yeah. this, oh, nice. It's. It, I mean, I was not really very tuned into the whole transgender world prior to this. Yeah. So, so my. It made my head spin for a while. I think it's a new conversation for so many people. Most people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Southern Comfort really made huge steps in the right direction. And they just did it in Chicago, right? It may be closing this weekend with a fully transgendered cast, which Ah. is ideal. That's really how it should be done. Yeah. Because, yeah. And they, they bitched about it. That we weren't all transgender people, but I thought, you know, it wouldn't have gone on without Annette O'Toole yeah. exactly. playing yeah. Robert Eads, the main character yeah. and whatnot, and a few of the 
the rest of us. Yeah. They needed to get it on. Right. Because yeah, the story the, needs to come out first so yeah. everyone's right. aware, and then, and we, then we'll, that'll we'll, open we'll the eyes. Yeah. correctly. So the, art is, yeah. the art's still there. It's done. It's, now it's done. It's present. So now we can be, it can still be done. Yeah, change doesn't cast. come overnight. Yeah. Progress yeah. is yeah. incremental, totally. but the progress yeah. is being made, which it is great. It is. Yeah, we're making progress. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, From we did it like nine years ago at Cap 21 off-Broadway. Yep. And it was a big sensation. Here's me, who you'd never think of playing a woman. Um, it was very sensational. But by the time we did it at the public, because Transparent on TV had been around and yeah. all that, I could feel it. It wasn't nearly the sensational response right. to like, oh, my God, what are we looking at? Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that much we did time. it in the Berkshires, and people, I'd come on stage, and I could see people just turning away from me, disgusted, you know, mm. and whatnot. And so the world is, yeah, people are opening up. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Mm-hmm. And what are you doing? Are you doing the Berkshires this summer? As well? Yeah. Yeah, you're doing David Ives? David Ives, this thing, they're calling it um, Time Flies. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a bunch of little 20 and 30 minute uh, one acts that right. they're going to put together. We'll do it with Deborah Joe Rupp and Mark Dold and a couple of other, the other associate artists. Right. There. What a fun group. Yeah. yeah. What a really, really fun group. I know. Group. Place to I know. Go. I can't wait. We'll, so we'll tell everybody, go see. Jeff this summer. He's got, a, cu- do. got yeah. a couple of shows coming up. Go to the Berkshires. Yeah. 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 And then As You Like It at, out in, at Jersey Shakes. Great. So it's, I'm looking forward to the summer. It's yeah. great. And thank, yeah. thank you so much for spending time with us today. My pleasure. Yeah. This is fun. You are... Fun. You've been a hero to all of us for so long, so long. And I cannot tell you the number of people I know who are now getting into musical theater mm-hmm. and they cite you and your talents as an influence oh. into what motivated them to pursuing this craft. So on behalf of all of them, I will say thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. I must say, I, I'll, I'll end by saying, when I first came into Pirates of Penzance on Broadway, I'd done regional theater work for years before that and yeah. stuff that I thought was much more interesting. I, I think of Broadway as a regional theater in New York City. Yeah. You know, it's everyone looks at Broadway as the ultimate, you know, the, the best. Yeah. And it's, and it's great, of course, but great, great work is done all over the world, all the time. Absolutely. And yes. we should con- Absolutely. continuously celebrate that. Yeah. Exactly. Support your local theaters. Right. And your yeah. career has been celebrating that. You 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 work so easily yes. from Broadway to celebrating the regional theaters, yeah. and that's marvelous, because yeah. not, not many people do that. Yeah. Well, not many important. people do that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people just concentrate on staying yeah. on Broadway, because it's <clears throat> a good paycheck and all of that, but it's artistically, you got to keep all the options open. And you feel, you feel like your career, you have been artistically fulfilled. Yeah. I mean, the yeah, number yeah. of things you've done is just yes. incredible. Yeah. yeah. I've had a great, yeah. And we can't wait to see all the yeah, other and ones more. coming yeah, up. Yeah, my God, more, more, more. <laughs> all right. Until next time, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Okay. Today's episode was recorded at Shetler Studios on 244 West 54th Street. Visit Shetler Studios to book your room today, and you could be as cool as us. That's S-H-E-T-L-E-R studios.com. And a big thanks to our sound editor, Daniel Schwartzberg, and social media manager, Bethany Ann Selecki. And friends, don't forget, we want more folks to hear these incredible stories, and that's where you guys can come in and help us out. Yes, in order for people to find out about us, we need lots of ratings on iTunes. The more ratings, the more they'll come up in searches. So head on over to iTunes, search for Behind the Curtain Broadway's Living Legends, click on our logo, click on ratings and reviews, then write a review and leave us five stars and make us feel as special as Eliza Doolittle on Eliza Doolittle Day. Or you can leave us one star and make us feel as bad as Annie did in that weird production in Boston where Annie dreamed about being adopted and then ended the show back in the orphanage. 
True story, Rob was there. I saw it. So head on over to iTunes and make us feel even more special than we already do. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.